Hello, everybody. I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And you're listening to Hashtag Life Goals. And it's, uh, it's, it's gotten a little crazy, hasn't it, Amy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we are both currently under quarantine in Los Angeles, as is most of the country and most of the world, mm-hmm. uh, because of COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus. No, 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 my corona. <laughs> no, no, don't try to put in a song to make it happy. <laughs> Well, we just wanted to kind of preamble the episode you're about to hear was recorded pre-coronavirus pandemic. So um, things may seem a little different than what our world is actually like right now. Yes, we um, this was before things went chaotic when there was too much toilet paper uh, taken and being hoarded. But we still hope that regardless of the situation and what you're going through, you are staying safe, practicing social distancing, washing your hands constantly. It is a big thing. And we also hope that this episode might bring you a little bit of joy in some way, shape or form, because that's what we strive to do in this podcast. Because even though you're self-isolating, you're never really alone. We're here. Yes, we are here. All right. <laughs> How about we move on to the episode, shall we? All right. Without further ado, the next episode of Hashtag Life Goals. Sounds good. Take it away, past Amy and Chelsea. This is Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Life Goals. Next time they choose the chocolate fountain over you, you make that suggestion. My business plan is changing. Thank you very much, ladies. <laughs> Each week, we examine one of our life goals and figure out what steps we need to take to make them a reality. Because I got up on Saturday and went and got a coffee and the barista looked at me like, what, do we need to talk? Are you okay? <laughs> like, they were horrified. With they were horrified. In. So come join us. It's going to be fun. everybody. I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And you're listening to Hashtag, Hashtag Life Goals. Goals. And I saw that, Amy, and I heard that you were trying to make me laugh, and I told you not to do so. Hello! Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? <laughs> well, anyways, today's episode, I'm very excited, is Hashtag Performance. I'm sure everybody has wanted to be Hmm, what would it be like to be on the stage or out to be in front of an audience and do some of the passions that I love and have that as a job instead of the typical nine to five? But that could just be me. No, well, I mean, it is both of us because I true, started yeah. life as an actress you and did. a performer. Yes, you did. And you age. have definitely spent some time on the stage and you definitely get up in front of your YouTube channel with your creative covers <laughs> all oh, the time. Stop, so performance is a part uh, of our lives. They um, are. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. We work in the entertainment industry. Oh, and oh, even yes. though nice we work you. behind the scenes now, doesn't mean we don't still have a flair for the dramatic. Yes, definitely for sure. And I mean, even though it might not be our main job, we like to include it in some of our hobbies or side hustles and things like that. I mean, oh, for sure. I mean, I'm like counting down the days until I'm like retired and can start doing community theater because like, first of all, I don't have time to do community theater right now. And second of all, I live in Los Angeles, so there's way too much competition. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. I definitely have a few friends that are doing it and they're doing this for a living and I give them so much prop for how do you do this? Because I would love to, but 
one competition two i don't have the time or energy for and three it's mainly from my experience it's all comedy and i'm not a comedy actress i'm more drama and i'm more kind of that aspect rather oh your than... friends are all involved in yeah, comedy my... related because yes, i'm that... like there's way more performance than just comedy yeah, well, the, what i meant yes thank you for including that context a lot of my friends that might be listening hi how are you they do a lot of comedy and improv theater and i give oh, them okay. so much prop and credit for and that seems to be the, all the opportunity to be in an improv of. troupe uh i yeah i can see that oh, yeah <laughs> yeah i can definitely see that for sure i mean i would be interested in improv i think i would be a little bit nervous obviously because i'm just like oh my gosh what do i do blah but it, it it's so funny fine. that comedy is not your thing. I'm using air quotes <laughs> Air right quotes, now. yeah. <laughs> I mean, people say I'm witty. People say I'm funny. The thing is, is that you are all comedy. Like, you can't be serious. So I'm a I don't know t- why drama <laughs> is your goal, whereas I could not see you doing drama. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to preface that I feel there are different genres of comedy and some of the more popular ones, like ones of like Jim Carrey or like Comedy Central Stage of the comedians, that is not my shtick. My shtick is more accidental, witty, make fun of myself humor. That's more for me. That's what I'm, all comedians do. They I, make fun of themselves and talk about dicks. I, no, I just, well, I don't talk about dicks. Um, but we can change that. No, 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 not now. Not happening. <laughs> I Moving think on. I know what to get her for her birthday. <laughs> A box of dicks. Oh gosh, I don't want a literal box of dicks. Then I would. Be you that can exact have a literal meme. box of dicks because then you know what? Then you can become a prop comic with no. all of the boxes of dicks. <laughs> Let's just say that being a comedian, all that stuff is not my goal right now because I just don't think I can hold a candle to everybody else, and that I would have so much competition, I would not want to deal with it right now. But I appreciate you thinking that all I am is comedy. In some aspect, but a little offended because I do feel like I can bring on that drama. I mean, we're doing a project later on together. Do you have no faith that I could do it? No, I have faith you can do it because that one's a very personal story. Yes, there we go. <laughs> okay, should we move on? Let's move on. Okay, How so was your week? Be good. Busy. Um, basically, once again, still juggling some things here and there. Uh, I had a couple of calls and interviews regarding some gigs. Seems promising. We shall see. Uh, I'm also uh, working on a part-time gig that I need to finish when I get home in order to get paid. Uh, but very fun. Yesterday, I was able to go with a bunch of my friends to Silmar, California to play an escape room in the basement. LA. For those that don't know, the basement is a horror thriller escape room where the story is that you're kidnapped by a cannibalistic serial killer named Edward Tandy. And you have 45 minutes to escape. I love how he has such a proper name. I know, right? Edward Tandy and he also is talks... coming for dinner. <laughs> yes. And Are he... you on the menu? <laughs> and he also speaks very proper. He's like, good luck my loves. I'll be counting down the seconds. So he's very proper with how he speaks despite his behavioral issues that apparently happen behind the scenes. Well, I mean, who knows? He is just because he's a cannibal doesn't mean he doesn't have manners. Exactly. Like, I mean, he could be <laughs> using all of the correct silverware and cutlery to eat the different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, a fillet knife is definitely best for separating the skin from the muscle. Oh, I wonder why you would know that, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, I went with a bunch of my friends. That was basically kind of like my Valentine's Day thing to do. Because once again, Singleton, hello. 
And uh, so I went with a bunch of my friends and we did The Courtyard, which is the latest addition to the Basement Story series. And we were able to get out of that room in about 24 minutes. And we even got on the leaderboard. Wow. So I, so I was very pumped about that. It was very, very exciting. Um, yeah, I had an amazing time. I always feel like whenever I go to the basement, I have an interesting bond and connection with the actors that are in the room. For those that don't know, it's in the immersive escape room, some of them have live actors in them. And if you treat them nicely, they might be able to help you out. So I don't know if it's just me, but every time I encounter like a scare actor, like Halloween Horror Nights or like the Queen Marys, all the actors are very like drawn to me. And there's always an interesting repertoire that happens that goes on. So it was an interesting experience with performers seek other performers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it was very, very fun. Enjoyed it very much. Got very dirty. It got very dirty because you had to do a lot of crawling around. So I'm not going to spoil anything more, but please check it out when you have a chance. I highly recommend it. And I promise it's worth your money. All right, enough about me. Amy, your turn. Well, I also spent the week beating the brush, as it were, to see what jobs fall out. Yep. Um, I have an interview this week for a film, but it doesn't start until summer. Mm. So I had a lot of like, I posted a ton of things to different Facebook groups and got a, a very strong response and made a lot of new industry contacts. Uh -huh. But so far as in immediate work, nothing new shook out. Mm -hmm. but that's okay. Um, I did not go to the escape room because yes. I, on the other hand, had Valentine's Day plans yes, with my sweetie. Yes. Um, <laughs> And it was beautiful. He and I took the Porsche out to the Malibu Hills and Ooh. we drove around for like four hours uh, speeding through the Malibu Hills and checking out all of the viewpoints. And then we had a Romanian style picnic um, on, ah. you know, the side of one of the cliffs. And then we went down to Malibu Beach to watch the sunset. That is so adorably romantic <laughs> it's definitely something out of like a movie that you would see like kind of like the fake intros with Anne Hathaway and Channing Tatum in that movie Don Juan with uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh yeah, Johansson, yeah and Julianne Moore yeah exactly Those yes ones. it was very romantic <laughs> it, we had a wonderful time and um yeah, it was just another great Valentine's Day with Mambu. Oh, well, that's really, really sweet. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, so that was my week. And then um, coming up this week, like I said, I've got an interview. I've got a couple of networking meetings. Mm -hmm. And I am going to be guesting on a podcast. Oh, yes, you are. I'm, I am. I'm, I'm excited for you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to promote it here just because I have a feeling that their episode will come out before this episode okay. comes out. Okay, yeah, makes sense. So I'm going to be guesting on a podcast called Snatch 22. Mm -hmm. And you can listen to it on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And Snatch 22 is um, hosted by my friend Croy and her partner Tatiana, and they read erotic fiction. Yes, it's going to be per our guest right now is like, yes. Yeah. So I believe the fiction we're going to read tomorrow is going to be focused on BDSM. Um, <laughs> I'm not positive, but I that was kind of the discussion that we had when we talked about what was going to be the topic mm -hmm. of the episode that I come on. All right. Well, you have a fun time. Yeah. So uh, any of our any of our audience who wants to listen to me 
you know, read in a very sexy voice and talk about <laughs> dirty fiction. <laughs> Listen to Snatch 22. Don't they already get that enough here <laughs> with your voice? Yeah, but <laughs> I can't you... say as much here because, because Chelsea turns easily. red. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to hear Amy unfiltered, go to Snatch 22. But I thought you were already unfiltered here. Again, you turn red if I'm unfiltered. <laughs> As the box I of laugh. dicks was not even that far. No, no. I'm still a very wholesome virgin <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. Yes. Amy. We should sacrifice her to the gods. No. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. So let's get into the research for this. This was hard finding research for this because every time I did research of performance job statistics, it kept giving me sites for how to perform better at your job or these are the performance sticks that they look for in your nine to five. It's yeah, like, I ran into some similar things and had to play around with the yeah, hashtag for the episode. Really, it's really weird. Yeah, so I had to play around a little bit with the research. So we'll get through the boring stuff and some other things here and there to kind of hopefully encompass this particular episode, but hopefully our guests will bring in some more life to the subject. Yes, she's raising her eyebrows being like, yes, I will. <laughs> All right, so this first section is um, from Career Explorer, which basically is going to explain what is a performer. It's boring, I know. We have the basic general knowledge, but just going to go through with it. Always need to define it before you go deep into it. Exactly. So what is a performer? A performer is an entertainer that creatively expresses their artistic talent to an audience. It could either be for live performance or it could be for television or film. They typically work closely with choreographers, directors, makeup artists, costume designers, and vocal coaches. What does a performer do? They need to be talented and skilled and also stamina, dedication, and self-discipline in their area of subject. The following are different types. There are actors, stuntmen, musicians, singers, DJs, dancers, choreographers, circus performers, magicians, comedians, and they also put motivational speakers, which I was a little, hmm, but I guess I can understand A motivational that. speaker is still a performer mm -hmm. because the thing is, is that anybody could have knowledge that they can share with a particular group to help them improve in whatever way, mm -hmm. but only a performer can bring that to a stage where it is engaging and can actually be a full business. Like you could write a book, but if you're not a good writer, the book's not going to do well. Uh -huh. If you want to present how to be a better manager, but you don't have any performance skills, it's going to fall flat. Yeah, no, that is true. I guess my mind immediately went to entertainment in terms of performance rather than, you know, performing to kind of, you know, help or motivation, things like that. Well, remember, we're performing right now. That is that is very true. That is. Mm, now I'm getting I mean, we decided we decided that our con conversations about where we are in life and where we want to be were interesting enough that we should share them with the world. Yes. For strangers <laughs> to listen to. That is very true. We are, in a sense, a hyperbola of ourselves of our day-to-day -day life on this podcast. And so those are kind of just the main genres. They're genres as, I mean, group. They're, they're a sub that you can always list, but there's probably under that main category. What is the workplace a performer like? They say they could be found working in music videos, nightclubs, theme parks, the circus, resorts, cruise ships, theater, on television, or in television commercials or film, and much more. I'm pretty sure our guest has even more options that she can say as well. The second piece of information is from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics and is for about the arts, entertainment, and recreation sector. I thought this 
article was pretty interesting because it gave actual data regarding the amount of hires for those in the entertainment industry, right. the the median salary, hourly, uh, annually, things like that. So I thought it would be really interesting to dive into that. All right. So for workforce statistics, the first uh, data chart that I have that I will try to explain the best I can is employment, unemployment, and openings, hires, and separations. And this was going from between October 2019 to December 2019. So for the last, so the fourth quarter of 2019. Exactly. So employment for all employees, seasonally adjusted in quotation marks. Right, because you're going to have a lot more performers in October through December than Mm -hmm. you would the rest of the year because of Halloween and Christmas. Yes. So for October 2019, 2.5 thousand for November... 2.51 thousand and December 2.5 thousand again. So it's kind of two two, two and a half thousand. That's not a lot of people. No, it's not. I feel like there would be at least 2.5 thousand in Los Angeles alone or in Anaheim alone. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, no. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And then the unemployment rate, this was all relatively similar 4.9 percent. 5.4% 5.4% and then 5.1% going from October, November, December. See, I would also expect those numbers to be higher. Yeah. I would expect to be a higher unemployment rate because, I mean, we're in Los Angeles and everyone you meet is an out-of-work actor. I know, right? And then job openings, hires, and separations. Job openings from October through December, 130, 99, and 109. For hires, 148. 136, 125, and separations, which just means like contract ended or correct. No longer that'd be 231, 190, and 169. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like shows coming to an end. Exactly. Halloween Horror Nights coming to an end. Yep, 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 yep. So you saw a huge spike in November because all of the Halloween employees are let go. Yes, definitely for sure. And the next section was union membership and representation. So these are performers, actors that are actually in the union. Uh, so members of union, percent of wage and salary workers. In 2016, 5.4%. 2017, 5.9%. 2018, 5.7%. And 2019, 6.6%. Yeah, it's becoming more and more important to be in a union, especially as our healthcare uh, system is breaking down. Mm-hmm. Being in a union uh, provides you those protections of healthcare. It provides unemployment protections. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the biggest things for me about getting into the union is, you know, right now I'm in between films, so I don't get paid. If I was in the union, I would at least still getting be getting paid. Yes. The next section I have is earnings and hours. For all employees, so this is not separating them by their specific group, it's for all of them combined. For average hourly earnings, September 2019, $22.87 per hour. October 2019, $23.16. November of that year, $23.62. And December of 2019, $23.89. All right, so they're making about $23 an hour. Yeah, and then the average weekly hours when they perform for September, about 23.5 hours. October, 23.1 hours. November, 
same of 23.1. So this is why they have a higher hourly rate is because even though it feels like a full-time job, Mm -hmm. um, the actual hours that you spend at work are not full-time. Yeah, no, they're not. They're only for a specific amount of time. And then December is 23.5. And then the net last section is earnings by occupation. So this is more divided by actors, amusement and recreation attendants, fitness trainers, gaming supervisors, and musicians and singers. So I'll try to go through this really quickly. For actors, the mean is about $27.55. For amusement and recreation attendants, $11.10 as the mean. Yeah, minimum wage. Yes. And fitness and trainers and aerobic instructors, $22.03. They didn't have anything for gaming supervisors, which was weird. Which is why I include it then. (laughs) (laughs) I know. They gave me the charts like, why isn't it included? And then musicians and singers, $40.36. And this was all in 2018. They didn't have anything for 2019 as of right now. Right, because nobody's filed their taxes. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Tax Amy here to give us information. But yeah, that's a kind of look into kind of how much people might make in the performance category and all that. And then the next article, since I was having trouble finding research, is called Why Working 9 to 5 Hours Doesn't Work for Everyone. So this was made by uh, Jeff Bullis.com. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And they talk about how the traditional 9 to 5 workday doesn't always work and have actually shown to be more efficient than a less structured schedule. And these are the reasons why it may not be working for you. Number one, energy and time are not the same thing. We are not machines. We are unable to focus on things for more than 90 to 120 minutes without needing a 20 to 30 minute break. Yes, I can attest to that very much, especially when you're looking at a screen all day, working nonstop. They allow valuable time for recharging, mental energy when you take those breaks without them your performance actually lowers when you perform or you do your job which is completely understandable number two not all tasks are created equal for some employees they need an extended amount of time to work on a particular task for others they can complete it under like two hours or even one the nine to five workday does not accommodate for differences in task duration Many employees complain of the excessive downtime of work or they struggle to understand why they must stay in the office until 5 p.m. if they've already completed the day's tasks. Amy's starting to laugh over this. (laughs) Well, I mean, I can understand that to an extent because there are some times where I've completed stuff when I used to work more full-time and more in the 9-to-5 day job that I would get everything done and I would have nothing else to do or I would just be sitting around waiting for my next objective to come. Mm-hmm. And I've also had talks with people of how in today's society, I'm not calling anyone out, but there are some people that when they're hired for the nine to five, they are either waiting for something to happen or the task that they give is kind of really easy to do that they can sneak in, like going to Facebook, going to Twitter, doing the social posting. Right. For something that could take 30 minutes and it makes takes them an hour and a half instead, which was the amount of time that they're given for it. So it just, it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Number three, the rise of freelancers has changed everything. You can tell how I'm happy by this one, <laughs> being a freelancer myself. By 2020, This study estimates that more than 40% of American workforce will be independent employees working on freelance, contract, or temporary basis. 
more and more seasons experts and millennial workers are choosing to work in this way and quit the corporate circle. An increase in technology is likely responsible to the rise in independent workers as more and more networks are available to make freelance work accessible. There are a number of benefits to remote working for employers as well, such as cutting costs and maintaining higher levels of happiness, productivity amongst employees. Yes, I, I would highly agree with this one. I would agree as well. I mean, you know that when I was working as an executive assistant, mm -hmm. that a lot of the times I hated when I had to go in because it was a lot of me sitting around and like poking my boss yes. to answer my questions so I can continue on the task he gave me. You were waiting on somebody else. Right. I was always much happier when I could just kind of drop in, get all the information I needed, and then go off and get my work done. Because mm -hmm. I, my time is valuable. Yes. And so even if it's not my time is valuable, I want to finish this so I can get on to another paid task. Sometimes it's like, hey, let me utilize my time, get this work done, so then I have time for me. Exactly. And then I think another thing that I try not to take for granted now that I'm working freelance is that we've talked about it a couple. We've both had like back injuries. I had a rhomboid strain that will still pop up every once in a while. And the times when it's really, really bad, I literally have to get out of my seat and I have to do stretches. I have to be on the floor. I have to roll up my back and I have to do all those things. If I was working a nine to five, it would look a little weird of me being on the f floor of the lobby, oh, rolling girl. all around and then be like, hi, hello. Like, oh, hello. Welcome to the business. Hi, the receptionist. Nice to meet you. I am not not gonna lie i have spent some of my lunches on set doing exactly that when my back is acting up you know it's about that taking five minutes to take care of you exactly. so you can do a good job definitely indeed for sure number four a lack of flexibility does not make for happy workers the nine to five workday leaves little to no room for flexibility according to one study three in Five, Australians struggle to find time for vacations or even sick days. This is also caused by work-related stress. This inflexible schedule simply does not make sense. You think the nine-to-five schedule is, you know, a little unforgiving? Mm -hmm. Try working in retail. Oh, I used yes. to, like, be so jealous of my friends who had nine-to-fives because they had evenings and weekends. And I'm like, what are those? <laughs> I don't – I haven't had a weekend in five years. That That is, uh, that is one of the things of – or like always knowing you were going to have two days off in a row. What? That That is, I guess, a con in the say of working in freelance sometimes is that in, in, even in retail is that you would have to work your weekends and stuff right. like that. But I mean. But then <laughs> as a freelancer, it does also offer additional flexibility in the sense that we can decide not to take a job so we can take a trip. Exactly. For sure. Or if there's other paid work that comes, then you can't do a job that's free. Then you pass that on to somebody else, which it's a whole it's a whole other story that I'll get to in it's another day. But yeah, but let's say recent experience I had trying to do that. I received the most amount of hate comments regarding that in my entire life. <laughs> that was a wake up experience for me. Anyways, moving on. The last one. Co-working is what promotes collaboration. Collaborative workspaces or co-working spaces are starting to become more and more popular in cities across America. A co-working space is a type of space that involves a shared working environment to encourage connectness, interactivity. While the typical office usually is a collection of closed spaces and cubicles, co-working spaces feature long connected tables and open spaces. 
I mean, we could say right here is a bit of a yeah. And I've been to spaces. some of those co- collaborative open space offices, and even mm-hmm. when I sit there, I feel like I'm in school. <laughs> I do not feel like I have the space to do my work because I'm encroaching on my coworkers ah. on either side. Ah. Now, I did feel like my film office in San Francisco was a more open collaborative space because I mm-hmm. had my own office, but most of us left our office doors open mm-hmm. and we could mingle with the other filmmakers and the other film festivals. I made a lot of great industry connections when I worked there, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of like the cafeteria table <laughs> office setup. I mean, here, example, at our own studio right here, we well, do have that setup. If we were in three different offices in front of a microphone, <laughs> I don't think we would be able no, to have as interesting poking, of a show. I'm just poking fun at you. But according to this research, co-working spaces can do boost people's productivity and happiness. The spaces allow people from different industries or of different skill levels to interact and network. People who co-work in co-working spaces report feeling more productive and have a more positive experience at work. So, I mean, even though your office in San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, they might have had like separation of like, you know, your own personal space, but you left your doors open. So you're able to openly communicate with everybody. Yes. And the office dogs are always running around. Yes. Um, Anybody exactly. who was in the office when um, I Rex and I got there was mm-hmm. allowed. And then when people would start to filter in a few hours later, then Rex would bark at them because he's like, what are you doing in my office? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but apparently the co-working spaces are the way of the future and more companies and freelancers are using them soon as the nine to five workday continues to fall out of practice so that might change the job industry a little bit progressing forward but that's just a little peek into the future yeah um (laughs) i'm ready to dive in into this more unconventional job industry that we call performance yes i'm very excited and i'm very happy let's bring our guest on well it is my pleasure to introduce my friend and my guest our guest, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I'm claiming her as my own when it's our guest for today. Uh, she is not only a top performing and freelance aerialist, but she has her own aerial company, Elevation Aerial, and she also co-owns Rock Circus LA. Let me please introduce Lisa Marie Burnside. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Thank and, you for having me. Yeah, and also dealing with my shenanigans as of right I now. I love it. Very, very entertaining. <laughs> and I'm a little disappointed that you haven't offered me a Blackberry. Uh, Amy, will you please offer one to Thank her? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> May I snap one, please? No. I, I, I knew you were going to say that. That's why I asked. <laughs> and I already had breakfast already, so. Oh, thank That was you. delicious. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have a this whole myself. container will be gone by the time we're done. Good. <laughs> I eat be. these always in like one sitting. They're they are delicious. quite delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Lisa. Well, will you please provide a little more context of who you are and what you do? I know I gave out a little bio, but please enlighten us more. Well, I am an aerialist. I perform full-time and I teach full-time at my studio, Elevation Aerial. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I'm a perform, hashtag performer. Hashtag performer. And then Rock Circus LA, you perform alongside with the band Flu Flannels. So, which, uh, sometimes. So sometimes. Rock Circus LA. Flu Flannels? Not Flu Flu. Foo flannels. Foo flannels. Foo flannels. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of flu network of the powder for yes, Harry Potter. No, foo flannels. Um, no, but Rock Circus LA is a company that me and my partner run. And it's basically just combining live music with circus arts. Mm-hmm. So that can be 
any band, any musician, mixed with any type of circus performer. And the shows that you've been to yes. are the ones with the Foo Flannels, which is a 90s cover band. Oh, they're so fun. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah. And then I hire about nine dancers and we perform mm-hmm. on Ariel Hammock and Lyra and the Lollipop Lyra while the band oh. is playing. Yes, the yeah, it's incredible. The lollipop is the one that's the the stagnant, and then you just circle around. Exactly, right. it's like on a, a portable stripper pole. But I don't do pole. I I love it. It's beautiful, but that's not what I do. And then it has mm-hmm. a hoop on top of it, so it spins really fast, but in one space, and it doesn't have to be hung from the ceiling. So I don't need quite as high ceilings to perform yeah, on that. But it's but it's very fun. And then for yeah. Elevation Air, you not only teach, but you also teach aerial bartending as well, right? Yeah. Aerial bartending? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, what is that? I know. It's, it's pretty awesome. Actually, it's the way in which I get to perform the most often mm-hmm. right now. I think just because it's something that people don't see all the time. It's so nifty. Yeah. It's so nifty. It really is. So basically what we do is we hang a aerial hammock from the ceiling and my aerial bartenders dance on said hammock with a bottle of pre-mixed delicious cocktail in their hand and when a customer wants a drink they come underneath them and my aerialists pour the drink down into their cup or they grab their cup and pour from the sky it is amazing it's pretty incredible the, yes that yes. i could see that that's yeah. very that would be it's kind of kitschy it's super kitschy, <laughs> super kitschy. so i could see right i could see that being a huge thing for like yes. corporate parties oh it is yeah for really any type of party it's right but i could incredible. see it being really big in the oh, corporate yes, world sure. and like look what we got oh here. yeah well, it's, it's definitely a status a little bit of a status thing too mm-hmm. like oh look what we we have that you have not right, had it yet well, at your I mean, party like 15 years from now if i ever get married if i have my own wedding party i'm definitely hiring a company i'll be for there Aries. yeah i will be there yeah because i've one time I one of your uh, aerial bartenders I can't remember her name right now but she was spinning around with yes. my cup and it literally was like trying to play a game of cats to try oh, to catch the so cup fun. and I was able to get it without spilling anything and I seemed to round applause yes. I was like so fun oh my gosh yay yeah and, you know it's, it's interesting there's quite a few aerial bartending companies uh, especially in LA and they're amazing they're all incredible and I know a lot of them but the difference between my company is we come from an athletic place so mm-hmm. there's a very extensive training that you have to do with me to become one of my bartenders but we're not just sitting on the apparatus and posing as Chelsea no. was just saying we're spinning we're moving around the whole apparatus right. with yeah. the bottle so that means we're dancing with one hand right yeah for a lot of it so you have to be in extremely good shape to be one of one of our bartenders but it's incredible so when you watch it it's really a spectacle it's not just some pretty girl in a small outfit <laughs> posing <laughs> although you yeah. know Sometimes we do wear small outfits and all of my girls are gorgeous. And yeah. so, oh, no, they're all beautiful. Um, yeah. They're all hot. They are all hot. But you are all athletic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we really have all shapes and sizes too. Oh, with, yeah. With no. my performance company, which is something that I just love because being strong and in shape doesn't always look like 120 pounds. No. Oh, yeah. No, my so. area bartender, she was thick and curvy, but she is amazing and she was lovely. Exactly. And I love her so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to also get to see you perform. Yes. yes. Something very different. Some, yes, yes. yes. Something very different from yes. aerial bartending. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Chelsea took me to see Lisa Marie in a performance. Uh-huh. And I loved how you closed down the show. Thank you. Um, she was the last because, act, yes. Yeah, because it was a variety act. And so because hers involves an apparatus that comes from the ceiling, 
they're like, okay, it's one of those things, like, we got to clear the whole audience for her to perform. Yes. Which I thought was also ingenious, because they basically got the audience to do all of the cleanup <laughs> work exactly. for them. They yes. had us all put our chairs yes. away mm-hmm. before Lisa's performance. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So I was like, oh, that's smart. Yeah. We have way <laughs> less to do after the show ends tonight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yep. it was very super fun. And you're also so expressive when you dance. So I have a question for okay. Lisa Marie, just because... Um, you are so versatile in the aerial arts. Um, have you ever done any fire dancing? No, I haven't. I feel like that would be something yeah, you would maybe excel that's at. Next step. Yes, Amy has done fire dancing. Oh, yes. yes, that's she, awesome. She um, can maybe teach you something. Wonderful. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I did a lot of fire poi up in San Francisco, and I had always wanted to eventually advance to hooping, yeah. um, to fire hooping. But in Los Angeles, it took me a really long time to even find places where you could go do it because yes. this is such a high fire area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas I had fire jams every week in San yeah. Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every time I find a fire jam here, it's like somewhere that's super inaccessible to me. Yes. And then when I'm like, okay, I have a car this week, I'm going to go. And then it'll be like, oh, fire jam canceled. I'm like, what the right. hell? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I love the fire. And um, one of my performers is a fire dancer in my troupe. So we have that element, but honestly we've only got it booked out once because of the same reasons you just said yeah there's just the the fire restrictions are so incredible and the insurance that a place would need to have for us to do it is so incredible that people just don't they always say oh that's so cool Mm -hmm. but no on the fire so for me not doing it because Mm -hmm. i make my living being a performer it wouldn't for me it wouldn't be worth my time to learn it right because Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna be able to perform it you know, and that's one of those things like, oh, I can't wait. Like you said earlier, I can't wait to be retired to do blah, 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 That would be one of the things when I'm not exactly. performing anymore and I have more time when I'm not working on my own stuff. Right. Then for sure, because I love it. It's the fire stuff is so gorgeous. Right? And I mm-hmm. super miss it. But like yeah. I said, since it's been so difficult or inaccessible to, yes. for me to do it yeah. in Los Angeles, yes. I'm super out of practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they have the ones like the LED ones where that's not fun. Not cool. <laughs> okay. The LED cool the I want the fire. I want the fire. The, the LED cool. just makes me feel like I'm at a rave. A rave. I'm like, I don't want to go give someone a light show. Yeah. I want to yeah, dance with fire. I want to yeah, give it. them something dangerous yes. to watch and be in the Yes. I want to hear the sound of the fire whooshing by my ears. Yes. And also for them to go like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> when something actually burns its own fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it is great when you're doing raps. Uh-huh. Where um, the poi actually like wraps around your body and yes. then spins back the other way because people go, <gasps> oh, oh my yeah. god, is mm-hmm. she gonna catch on fire? No, I'm not gonna catch so on cool. fire. You know what you're doing, girl. I know what I'm doing, but it is a super impressive move because mm-hmm. people yeah. just go, "There's fire touching her yeah. body. There's fire touching her body." Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, I, a long time ago when we saw Leota perform. There was a woman that was walking on broken glass. Like, oh, oh yes. yeah. I saw a YouTube video of her recently. She also does fire eating. Yeah. So I got yeah. to see her do some fire eating and how that worked. I'm like, oh, now I'm like, now I kind of want to try that a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in doing fire eating just because the um, the taste in your mouth afterwards. Yeah. I, can't I would handle. imagine so. It's but intense. Yeah. Probably after the first time, I'd be like, no, never again. But it's yeah, just it's kind of like, like that, you know, mm. when you fill your car with gas and you get a little on your hand and then you touch your face and you're like, oh, oh, oh. 
Yeah. I need a glass of milk. Ugh. Yeah. I can't get rid of those taste. <laughs> yes, and I'm very reactive to certain flavors anyway. So, oh well, maybe not fine eating for me, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Lisa, yes. I just now have to ask the burning question. Okay. How in the hell did you get into performing as your main gig? Yeah. I'm curious of your well, journey there. It's. I, I really feel extremely lucky that my life has turned into what it has. Uh, every step of the way has just kind of happened and I just keep saying yes to the doors that open. So mm-hmm. that I have to say that before I tell you kind no, of what totally happened, fun. but it's that's okay. I feel extremely lucky. Um, I mean, I work very hard, so I think there's a reason for it too, but uh, things have really just fallen into place. So I moved to LA many, many years ago uh, <laughs> to go to school for acting and I did that and then I pursued that career path and I always knew it wasn't for me, but I didn't know what that meant. I loved the whole the acting process, but I did not like the auditions. I did not like the competition. I did not like having to worry about how I looked or fitting into some mold. Right. And so I weren't really, sure what really that love of the process I meant had no clue for what it was. where where you fit in. I had no clue. And I, all I knew is I was extremely unhappy. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really frustrated me was to do this thing that I was liking to do, this acting thing, I had to book something or I had to be in a class. I couldn't just like wake up in the morning and really do it mm-hmm. um, and fulfill that part of me. And so I really was struggling for, for many years. And I pursued acting for about 10 years mm-hmm. um, with, you know, a, some a little bit of something would always come out and I would yeah. get something and I'd be like, oh, that's enough to keep me going. Yeah. But I just was not an actress. I just <laughs> I was not. I, I don't like talking in front of people um, unless it's like me choosing to do it. Yeah. So an audition, it's, it didn't, did not feel like me choosing mm-hmm. to do it. It felt like me being forced, being forced to do it. Yeah. So I would like crumble and I didn't like it. <laughs> She's shrinking um, in yeah, her chair I'm right now. Yeah, literally shrinking. Just thinking about it, my hands are like sweaty already. Um, that I just didn't like that the judging thing. And mm-hmm. so anywho, uh, I've always been extremely athletic as well. And so I battled with my trying to pursue being an extremely athletic person. So I was running marathons and doing things like that. But then this trying to build this career in acting and I was finding that they were two extremely full-time jobs Mm -hmm. and, but I was still doing it and just not sleeping. So, um, (laughs) so that's what was happening. And then I got into stunt work because I was so athletic. Ah. So did a couple of things with that. And then I booked a film where I was going to be the stunt, the stunt woman, but they gave me the role as well. which is the first time that it happened to me. So I was going to get to play a co-lead and then do my own, do my own fight scenes and whatnot. So I was really excited about this, but because I was a marathon runner, I had these like skinny little like dangly arms Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is going to look ridiculous. Like Mm -hmm. I need to have a little bit of muscle in my arms, right? I have these like huge legs from running and these like Mm -hmm. little arms. So it's like, okay, I need to like start lifting or something. And then I was like, oh my God, the thought of going to the gym and lifting weights sounds awful (laughs) and I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of my good friends at the time, uh, Jackie Chrysler was an aerialist Mm -hmm. and I had never even seen aerial. I've not 
had never been to a Cirque du Soleil show. I'd never seen her perform live. And this was right. I didn't even have Instagram at this time. So I've never even like really seen her do it mm-hmm. other than like pictures that she would put up on Facebook every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But she had these beautiful, strong arms. And that's why I decided to try Ariel. <laughs> You're like, maybe this, so be, this will be more exciting than exactly. lifting weights. And-, and hard. And I feel like mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely like, if there's a goal in mind, it's so much more fun rather than I don't want to be the person in the mirror looking like, is it happening? I want to just work hard and then yeah. it just happened. Right. So, Agreed. so I asked her, will you train me? And she said, well, sure. I don't really do that, but why not? Let's do it. So mm-hmm. I got a couple of my friends to come along too, so we could make her a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And we started training twice a week, just hundred percent for fun. Mm-hmm. And then after about a year, I found myself skipping auditions because I didn't want to miss my class <laughs> for Ariel. <laughs> and I thought, well, this isn't going to work. I'm obvious there's something here in Ariel and I don't know what that means, but I'm going to keep doing it. And I was not good. Mm-hmm. I When I started Ariel, I could not do a pull-up. I could not climb. Inverting made me feel like I was going to throw up. I could not spin. I never danced a day in my life. So I mm-hmm. didn't pointed toe, pointed foot, pointed leg. Like all of it made no sense to me, but I didn't <laughs> care. So about a year in, half in, I go, okay, I'm going to stop acting because I literally not gone to an audition in three months. And so I said, I'm going to stop. So I contacted my manager and my agent and all of the sites that I was on. And I said, I'm going on a break. Not mm-hmm. like I was a working performer. Like, right. working actress right. at all. Get me <laughs> but straight. they don't like to hear that but you're quitting. And so you're not it's them. easier to say, I'm taking I'm, a I'm break taking a from break. acting. And mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm coming back. Let's fast forward. We're about six years in now and I've not look back (laughs) once. Um, So then at that point, I went, okay, well, I want a career in Ariel and I don't know what that means. I just have to get extremely good at it. I I really need to emphasize, I could not do a (laughs) pull-up. Like nothing within me could do this. Mm -hmm. So I just started training. I basically told myself that I was going back to college for Ariel (laughs) and I Worked at a bar and tried to make as much money as I could so I could take as many classes as possible. So I'd wake up in the morning and start taking classes. And all day I would take classes and then I would go to work at the bar and then I'd go to bed and I'd wake up and do the same thing. And then about another year in, I was in a class and one of um, the other students who was taking with me, and it was a high level class, uh, said that she was doing a show and she needed another performer and said, do you have an act ready? Would you be able to perform not knowing that this was something that I'm not really doing yet? And I said, yes, I have an act and I'm ready. And so I put together an act and I did it. And she cried when I performed it. And I thought, well, that felt pretty good. So I'm going to just keep saying that I'm doing this. And then a couple weeks later, I was in a studio and the studio owner said, can you teach this class? (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, yes, I 100% can teach that class. Um, and so after teaching a class without much train, without any teacher training at all for Ariel, I then went through a teacher training class mm-hmm. so that I could um, understand how to teach it a little more safer. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just kept snowballing and um, more performance opportunities came out. I became a better performer. I messed up a lot and did some performances that are cringeworthy for me to watch now. Um, <laughs> and and then teaching became a huge part of me and, and and my performance. Earlier you were talking about motivational speakers being 
performers. Yeah. And I think I can wrap it around a little bit from my perspective, which is teaching is such a performance for me as well. Mm-hmm. Much more grounded because it is coming from, like, I'm a teacher of the heart. I'm definitely leading with my heart when I'm teaching my students because Ariel is magical and incredible. But it is definitely a performance and trying to captivate them and keep them interested Mm -hmm. and keep them feeling inspired. And that's what I feel like I'm doing when I'm performing as well. Trying to keep them engaged, inspired, feeling something. (laughs) I mean, I think that was one of the things that was so exhausting about being a retail manager. It wasn't, you know, and even just working in retail in general, it's not that the work is necessarily a difficult skill. It's the fact that you have to be on On all the time. time. 100%. And so it's like eight hours at my retail job. It's so much more exhausting Mm -hmm. than 16 hours on a film set. On a film set, people realize that I am a person, even though I have to be professional and stuff like that. You know, if I get snappy with somebody or whatever, yes. everybody goes, oh, you know, she's just irritated. She's yeah. stressed out. It's normal. Yes. Yeah. But in the retail setting, you can't. You're on a customer service oh, yeah. side. Yes. 100%. Um, even more so than if you're a waiter or a waitress. Yes. yes. And it's just, it's physically draining. draining. Yeah. Yes. For about six months, I was teaching between four and six classes a day. Oh, my God. Which, once That's again, it's not, but that it's you know, with the time in between and prep and stuff, it's about eight and a half, nine hours. Once right. Like, the it's whole not day. a lot hourly exactly. wise, but it is draining. I yeah. was, I couldn't even think straight by the end of the day. I felt mm-hmm. like I was just crumbled. Mm-hmm. My brain was just crumbled. Yeah. So I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. But just that, that having to, you're really on. You have to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine and, an eight hour performance? Like, yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And like, and also with a, with a bunch of, I say, I say this a lot. When you're in LA, you're not just having one job. You're having two, three, sometimes oh, four jobs. And yes. even if they're not full eight hours, like there may be only like two or three, because you're switching back and forth between everything, it drains, like you were saying, it drains a lot out of you. Yeah. You're just like, why am I so tired when I've only done this amount of work? It's because you've been switching back and forth between all the different yeah. clients that you have and all the stuff that you have yeah. to do. It, yeah. it See, I thrive of off of that. Yeah. 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 yeah, because I, I find things. it less exhausting being able to kind of switch and balance. Switch, yeah. So yeah. like as a retail man. Like, off days for regarding that sometimes yeah well so as a retail manager like I said it's exhausting being on all day the days I was happiest for the days where half of the day I would be doing something that was very uh, more technical and um, organizational yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so like when I was doing displays and uh, if I was doing you know the back room because I was getting that balance between yes. having to be on for the clients or being able to be just focused on completing a task right yeah yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like I like I want to preface that uh, that I do love what I do and I love video editing, but definitely there you know there's some that's like it's not your style. Like I've done some educational stuff where I'm doing some things for other people. Right. So sometimes if it's for them or it's something I'm not really interested in, so sometimes if I'm switching like in between, that could be mentally draining and exhausting. Yes. But if it's stuff that I love to do, then I do thrive off that. Oh, and I will sit like for three to four or five hours. It's just yeah. there are some good days, there are some bad days, there's are on and off. But it's yeah. just it's overall it can be a little exhausting just yeah. spreading yourself around to all these different avenues. It's of course. Just, <laughs> yeah, it is. Life I think is she's exhausting. exhausted just talking about uh, it. No, well, I mean, I man. Yeah, it's, it's just exhausted talking about it. But I was just, I don't know why, but it was just really touching for you saying, like, I couldn't do a pull-up or that kind of thing. Because yeah. I feel like I'm in the beginning stages still of my aerial training. And right. I don't, I mean, I love including it as part of my life. And I would love to include it more and more if yeah. I had more time for it. Like, right. I've always, this sounds really weird, but I've, like, going to your show and be like, oh, I would love to be, like, performing a lot that, that, that sounds that's great. That's amazing. <laughs> but I just, like, don't think I would be able to do that because I don't, I haven't trained as long as everybody else. Or I'm well, not with well, that's, and that is a lie. 
and I will tell you why. (laughs) So a big part of why I wanted to start my own aerial studio, Mm because I was teaching at other studios for a long time, is because when I was starting to feel after that first person asked me to do a show, Mm-hmm. And I did it. And I felt like, oh, my God, I could do this. There was a break in between there where I didn't have anything. No shows, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to get them. I'd only done one show. Mm-hmm. I, so one show of footage. I didn't know anyone in the aerial community. But I didn't even need to know them. I need to know people in the in the bar industry and mm-hmm. corporate events. Like, how am I going to perform? Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out. I wasn't good enough to just go in and audition for something and get the gig. But mm-hmm. then I was too good to just be a student. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know how to, to work. Yeah. So then I started my own studio with an emphasis on helping people perform at whatever stage they're at. Because there's performances for everyone, mm-hmm. which is what I started to find out once <laughs> I started to really just get into the business side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, So my students, I teach, mainly I just teach privates at this point with an emphasis in performing. Mm -hmm. And I have students who have trained with me for six months and have already had performance opportunities because Mm -hmm. there's some gigs Mm -hmm. that can't afford to pay me what my rate is Mm -hmm. or what some of my other top performers rate is, but they really want Ariel and they see the magic in it and they Mm -hmm. see that they want this really awesome thing and I can hire my aerialists who have less training mm-hmm. to do those performances. <laughs> right, right. They work at a lower rate because yeah. they're working their way it's, up. Still. They're working their way up. Mm-hmm. And to to the, the public, they just, they see this person hanging from the sky doing very simple things mm-hmm. and to them it's still amazing. They have no <laughs> clue that there is something different. Yeah, right? yeah. So I say that because if you want to perform there are avenues for that Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you're going to be or have time to be at one of the big shows that i'm at yeah but that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. there's going to be opportunities if you want them yeah you just have to seek them out and then talk to the right people (laughs) who can help you figure out your quote-unquote career path for performing yeah and it might not even be any money it just might be to release that passion that thing inside you that you just want to do it because i do love the performance aspect. I yes. do miss that a lot from, because I did a lot of acting. I did a lot of musical theaters. I was in a lot of leads in my shows. So I do miss yes. that a lot. And I felt like Ariel is the first kind of hobby and sport and activity where like I try to go to modern dance, that kind of, and I try to, you know, they said include everybody. Everybody else is like 15 years of practice of and course, training hit. And I felt course. so out of the, out yes. of the like training and I wasn't yes. up to par. And with Ariel, this was something new. So it was understandable that yeah. I couldn't do a pull up or I couldn't right. do all these things. Yeah. And I'm still like only two, two and a half years of yeah. training at yeah. this point. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. I do miss it. I would love to incorporate it like back in there. So maybe, yeah. I don't know if it'd be full time, but like if they're like, once in a while jobs or something that happen that would be really cool to just cool. hang from the ceiling and do of those course. kind of performance but it's just yeah. has to I mean that's the place out. that I've moved to with my acting when I decided to move behind behind the scenes it's like people yeah. ask like oh I didn't know you act and I'm like well because I don't really anymore I don't mm-hmm. go yeah. out on auditions yeah but when an opportunity presents itself I take it take exactly it. of course so like that Mm-hmm. production that I yeah. just second AD'd for yeah we had a few roles that we still needed to fill in day player roles right and mm-hmm. so I filled in one of the roles That's so great I got yes. to play an FBI agent yes. on the day that we were filming with DMX and so That's it was awesome. amazing amazing <laughs> right someone else that does DMX is I didn't know who cool that person opportunity. was <laughs> I didn't get paid extra that day because I was yeah. already getting paid as a second AD yeah mm-hmm. but I'm gonna have footage for my reel that's updated yeah. so again mm-hmm. you know 
if someone sees that and goes, oh, I really need that person. Yes. Yeah. You know, you've got to leave room for the universe to open those doors. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I understand the not getting paid more thing. Um, <laughs> I've done so many, so many, so many gigs for me losing money you know right. they mm-hmm. can't pay very much and i have to buy costumes and i have to take off time and i have to buta, buta, buta. Mm-hmm. but they always lead to something right yeah. oh, they always lead to something so right. exactly. i think it's worth it yeah <laughs> yeah definitely. absolutely yeah i mean i'm doing i'm doing a film at the end of the month that you know my friends always kick me they're like don't do anything for free anymore stop it i've got this rule that each of my friends gets one freebie awesome. and so <laughs> yeah. um that's awesome. someone reached out to me and you know she asked if i could do a two-day shoot and i said as long as i'm not on another production why not right mm-hmm. yes. exactly yeah yeah because it could lead to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing i you know i filled in it was paid work but it was like really rushed like i got a call to go fill in on the last two days of a feature yeah and the dp for that one highly recommended me to a usc student who's doing their thesis film next fall and she's already booked me that's amazing yeah that's awesome it's great all right so lisa since you have chosen this performance lifestyle as you say can you give an uh, like kind of an i don't want to say average or kind of like what a typical day would look like (laughs) as a performer or is it just so different each day that oh no it's very similar Mm -hmm. um i i can give you how about I do two days? Sure. A day with a performance and a day without a performance. Sounds great. Because that, that is what's very different. Mm-hmm. So if it's performance day, I will start the night before, though. Mm-hmm. I will take two sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> I love that already. So I you drug it. yourself up. I drug myself up. Um, no, I use like uh, the healthy melatonin ones, you know, so because yeah. I can't have like the chemicals would make me groggy and that's not good. Mm-hmm. But um, I have to the night before any performance day take two sleeping pills or else I'm just thinking the whole night and mm-hmm. I can't fall can't make myself fall asleep exactly. so that's when the process starts <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it already and then I will wake up and have coffee and then go to yoga and I go to hot yoga and then I come back and I take a really hot shower or bath and like continue to stretch out my muscles and get them moving mm-hmm Pretty much on any performance day, I still have to teach at least one or two private clients. So then I'll do that uh, throughout the day, drinking water and trying to keep myself full without eating too much, which right. is hard because I'm always hungry. Like, Same. I eat twice as much as my fiance and he's a big guy. And just, you know, with working out four hours a day, I'm just always hungry, even mm-hmm. on the days where I'm not working out like four yeah. hours a day. So... um <laughs> That's something I I do struggle with when, you know, I don't struggle now, I know, but how much food to eat to still feel good to perform later on and mm-hmm. still have enough energy. Yeah. So it's, you know, protein and carbs on and off pretty much right. all day, little bits, like a little squirrel. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after I've taught, then I'll start the process of getting ready. And before I go to any gig, I do like lashes and hair prep. Mm-hmm. And I wait till the very last minute to put makeup on because I'm not a makeup girl. I don't like to wear makeup like on my normal everyday. Mm-hmm. So I just wait till right before show. And then I drive to the show, keep stretching, rig, show, show's over, eat a lot, go to bed. Woo-hoo. Take a bath, go to bed. And then on non-show days, I wake up, have coffee, <laughs> go to yoga, <laughs> all the same. And then I will come back and teach. So I'll 
teach um, two two to four uh, mm-hmm. privates in a day, and then I will either go to a class or train myself on one of my rigs, mm-hmm. have dinner and go to bed. Yeah. But between all of that, on show days and non-show days, I am on line trying to book other gigs all the time. I was about to ask that, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It never stops. Oh, yeah. I'm always trying to find the next thing and introduce Ariel to a new place. And that's how I find that things are really working for me is I'm Mm -hmm. trying to introduce it to people who don't already have it rather than try to get a gig that some other aerialist has. Instead of going after clients who have booked aerialists in the past, you go after clients who have never even heard of it. Have never heard of it. And that's a little bit twofold for me. Number one, I I love introducing Ariel to people who've never seen it before (laughs) or only seen it in a Cirque du Soleil setting where their ticket was $300 and then I'm like, no, you don't, it doesn't have to be that much. We can take it down mm-hmm. and we can bring Ariel to you and your community and your where, whatever you want it for your budget. Mm-hmm. Right. Depending on what your budget is, we can figure out how that can work. So that to me is really exciting. So um, I don't remember the second one. It was <laughs> I don't remember the second I one. Think you but probably, it was really important. Right. I was saving the second one for the best. Oh, that's remember. okay. It'll come to It'll you. Come It'll to come to you. you. It'll come back to you. But that is the thing is we work not just as a performer, but yeah. any sort of freelancer is that you always have to be looking for the for next the work. Oh, yeah. 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 I, yeah. I'm booking. I'm always applying to stuff. Every single every day, day, whether it's Facebook, it LinkedIn, never- Candy. Yes. And sometimes that's, you know, some there are days where I'm like, oh, I wish I knew where my next paycheck was coming. Oh, I yeah, kind of miss here. a day job <laughs> yes. where I knew. Yes. Yeah. Well, that is why I, I mean, I love teaching, but that is the beauty of teaching as well. Mm-hmm. I pay my bills. I know I'm going to be okay if I don't book a gig. Yeah. And so for me, that's helps me be a better performer for sure mm-hmm. because I'm not like I have to get this gig or else I cannot pay for rent like yeah. it's not going to happen I make a living off of teaching and then all of the rest is just mm-hmm. you know icing and that for me it gives me I know I book more gigs because of that because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. give me the gig or don't give me the gig it's fine yeah but you should give me the gig because it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's kind of where I am at like my freelance video editing business is that I'm starting to get a little bit more clients maybe to the point where if there's some big things that I don't get, then it's fine. Then at least I cover my rent for exactly. the month. So it's like it feels like it's starting to get there, but it also it could be pulled from under the ground because it's happened to me a couple of times where I said I got it and they say, oh, no, we're going to go with someone else. Or, that's oh, no, hard. Or it's, yes. Yes. And I, I didn't that. expect that for video editing. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's <laughs> performance I think it's any performance there's mm-hmm. been uh, I, c- I can't even count on my hands how many times I've almost booked so, or they said basically you have it and then something happens their budget yeah. goes away they decide they need a you know a, I don't know a chocolate <laughs> bar instead of an aerialist chocolate like, I don't know <laughs> a chocolate sounds, fountain it like it's that's personal. what it is the chocolate, chocolate fountain. fountain it's really between me or the chocolate fountain oftentimes <laughs> something and... that is appealing for the eyes or something that's appealing for your t- tongue oh my gosh why did I say it that well, way well <laughs> you know it's not just appealing to the tongue remember he does give you endorphins that's and true. serotonin so uh, you're gonna have happy people so happy if, people. It's a, if it's a donation based event like yeah. a benefit event then mm. the chocolate fountain might be your better bet. Yeah. Happy if, people donate money. But what if I just hand out chocolates from the sky? Oh, you could do that. Could do and that. so I'm the next time chocolate. they choose the chocolate, <laughs> next time chocolate. they choose the chocolate fountain over you, you okay, make that suggestion. Thank and you very much. Cho- and then everyone will have the umbrellas, and if they dare, they'll just it might so good. My business plan is changing. Thank you very much, ladies. <laughs> 
going to be a very good year. Pro- providing so many good ideas regarding That's what you right. do in the air. That's right. <laughs> I mean, one of the... Uh, I mean, could be a places. fondue aerial. Fondue aerial. See? <laughs> you just, like, drop down and people take their little... Their, they, they, you know, they grab... You know, a little stick with genius. some fruit, yes. and they dip it in <laughs> a chocolate fondue. Genius. You already yes. do it with the Ariel bartender, right? Why not? Just fondue. switch out the bottle genius. of booze for it. a little pot of melted chocolate. Yeah, or fondue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now I'm waiting. This for is incredible. That. Now I'm waiting for you to actually. I can see a huge that. Valentine's this is Day huge. show this in this. This is huge. Next year, I've got a year to get it. Yes. Together. Yes. Um, I do um, do a Ariel fairies as well. So Ooh, we'll dress up as fairies for so kids' cute. things, Aww. and we hand out fortunes. Aww. So we're the flying fortune fairies to the kids. We like make a wish with them, and they have to like spin around, and we do a whole thing. It's you can see some clips on the Instagram. It's, it's like a princess really, party. It's basically yeah. a princess party, but with aerialists, flying aerialists. Yeah, and then you also do the uh, one of the clients that you book is R-rated speakeasy. So you dress up as a horror, like horror-ish kind of horror. Yes, we dress. Well, it depends on what the theme is for each speakeasy. Ah, okay. um, yeah, it's called Rated R, a horror speakeasy, and it pops up around LA uh, about every two months. Mm-hmm. And I, or Elevation Ariel runs the main bar on the floor mm-hmm. and the aerial bar. And we definitely dress up each time for different <laughs> themes. We had one on Friday for Valentine's Day, which uh, you guys can probably see. The reason I'm wearing makeup right now, which I normally don't, mm-hmm. is because I had fake blood all over. Oh. And you can, now, that, now that I've told you, you could probably oh, see yeah, yeah. it. Slightly yeah. stained. See it. This is full, like, show makeup on over it. <laughs> I'm completely stained. I was with blood. I was wondering why because because you normally don't wear a lot nope, of makeup. And you, I don't. I was like, oh, you look a natural beauty with kind of like a makeup look, and now it, mm-hmm. make, it makes it because <laughs> I because I got up on Saturday and went and got a coffee, and the the barista looked at me like, what do we need to talk? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were horrified with what they was were going horrified. On. So um, uh, yeah. There's a, a lot of blood that is <laughs> added for those nights. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's yeah. hilarious. Um, out of places that you've performed at, are there any that are your favorites that oh. you'd love to say or mention? Yes. My favorite, favorite shows are the Rock Circus shows at the Bootleg Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I co-produce those with my partner and uh, I get to perform about eight numbers in those shows mm-hmm. uh, on all the apparatuses and then I do a doubles piece as well normally and a solo piece mixed in there um and those are definitely my favorite it's just (laughs) you know a rock show with 90s cover songs and (laughs) it's a performance but the crowd is really into it and they just want to be a part of it oh yeah so for me those are highlights of Mm -hmm. my year every one of those shows are incredible yes but I, I mean I love Everywhere I perform, there's some reason I could convince myself it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I've performed at Poor Vu a couple times, and I love that because I get to be lowered from the ceiling, mm-hmm. oh, which is pretty so magical. I asked if I could do my whole routine where they just pulled me up and down, and I would just switch shapes, and they said no, but Aww. I thought that would be <laughs> just lower down like Mary that Poppins. That would be so cool. That's it. No, no real dancing. Just <laughs> posing as I come down. That would be so cool, um, though. So that's, that I love performing there Mm -hmm. um i recently started performing the lollipop lira that we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. and i do burlesque lollipop so i do a whole Ah. three-part burlesque strip um on the lollipop (laughs) and so it's to three like three songs and clothes come off but because i'm an aerialist (laughs) i can't 
like get naked at all. So basically I go from having lots of vintagey style clothes on mm -hmm. to just wearing an aerial costume. <laughs> no, right. that's awesome. Um, so for me, it's that's super fun. Yeah. What else? The the show that you guys got to see last week, it's Scott Neary's Booby Trap. Mm -hmm. It happens every Wednesday night, and I perform with them about once a month. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's definitely one of my favorite shows, too. It's just so fun. And the show itself is not an aerial show. It's a old-school-style variety show, as you guys know. Mm -hmm. And each act has four minutes, and the host, Scott Neary, hires entertainers from all over the world, the best and the worst. So every <laughs> four minutes is something that is going to you're going to love it or you're going to hate it, but it doesn't matter. It's over in four minutes. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> yes. After the mics are off, remind yes. me to bring something up. Yes, we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things that we don't say. Yes, understood. <laughs> yes. Um, so I love that show. Mm -hmm. It's just the, the amount of um, entertainers that are on each night that I would never really come across because mm -hmm. not all of them right. are circus type. Yeah, exactly. So it's fun for me to meet performers who aren't in my my world right um, so i really enjoy that and oh my god i went home just going what the, happened the, what happened i immediately was looking up videos of the the oh, yes. hamburger oh my god that guy's amazing yeah mm -hmm. dude i lost yeah. my shit he's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah it's a great show so it's yeah. a good show i'm actually performing there again next this coming up wednesday so yes. yeah it's a fun show it'll be super yeah. fun very exciting but yeah so the end of that answer is i like anywhere i perform is super fun for mm -hmm. me because it's they're all very different you know mm -hmm. we i've done we perform for golds when they have anniversary parties mm -hmm. where the aerialists who perform with them and then schools will hire us for fairs and oh, you know clubs for aerial bartending and ambiance and uh special events at you know clifton so really every performance is so different mm -hmm. um, and for me as being a creative it's that's really fun for me to get the gig and start figure out with them what it's going to look like because mm -hmm. it's not ever the same one of the things that they talked about in the research was like maybe why the nine to five doesn't work for you. They said that how a less structured schedule yeah. is much better for you as terms of like having something like nine to five every single day. You know yeah. exactly what you're doing. Do you believe in that? Do you think yes. there's like a 50-50 or what yes, are your thoughts no. on that? Uh, yes, no. And this is, if you would have asked me this three months ago, I would have had a different answer. But I, I live a very structured life. Like mm -hmm. I wake up every morning and I do this and I do this. Like I'm very structured, mm -hmm. um, but I love that in my head, I know I don't have to be. Right. Yeah. So structure can be really helpful, but it's nice knowing that you have the flexibility to do it differently. I as, mm -hmm. as long as I have 24 hours notice, I could cancel all my clients for the day and have the day off to mm -hmm. do something. Right. Right. Yeah. But I do that. Never. I never do it. <laughs> I, I always stick to what I have. Mm -hmm. um, so I think knowing that I don't have a nine to five is really nice. But mm -hmm. I, I really do live a nine to five life. I wake yeah. up around eight and I'm to yoga by 930. Mm -hmm. And then I come back and I teach and I'm done teaching by 515. Right. And, yeah. and, and then if I perform, then that all kind of just shifts. Mm -hmm. So it's so strange, but I that's what happens. Yeah. So yeah. I go more with the European style. So I get up around eight. Yeah. And I work until about three o'clock. Yeah. And then I nap for two hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then I get up. I have dinner. I, you know, spend time for me. And yeah. then I do two more hours. Yeah. Of work. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I find myself with that in the morning. I have that's where I have the most structure because I get up, I go to normally boxing because yes. I box five times a week. That's for right. Monday that's for, so cool. <laughs> for the Monday weekdays. Then I come home. I do even a little bit more training, not that much, but I've been. I get to the point where I can do three pull ups in a row now. Yes, yes girl. So I'm trying so to get good. my pull ups more oh, from, over underhand. Uh, uh probably uh under underhand yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, great. Exactly. Yeah, awesome. Because <laughs> I'm because I'm training because I will be in the. Up Flying Yoga Aerial Showcase, yes. April 18th. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very excited. It's your so, birthday so. show. It is my birthday show. Oh. Well, April 7th is my birthday, but right. the 18th is my birthday. But it's in your birthday month. It is yeah, true. Of course. Yes. Yes. I always say celebrate your birthday the entire month. Because of course. People I are think not you should. Yeah. Yes. You totally should. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, I do boxing, then I do a little bit more training, like pull-up stretching, and then yeah. I shower, have tub, and then I have breakfast, and I probably chill for maybe about an hour or so to kind of de-stress and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Then that's like probably maybe like 10 30 11 is when i will be doing work. really start yeah. yeah when i start doing work whether it's just finding jobs doing some last minute stuff and if there's something that i have to do early on because i am going to be a podcast producer for a show that's coming up Yay. so i had to adjust my schedule one of those days because i had to come in for a yeah. bunch of recordings so depending yeah. on what's scheduled that day or what's needed yeah. i will move it around right next, which next week, once but. again is great because if we had that nine to five but you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly, because then also I do find with the normal nine to five, when with me not doing it, is that I tend to do work weekends a little bit more. Yeah. Because I mean, it's we're, when we're recording this, it's a Sunday right now, and we're yeah. doing this, and then right afterwards, I'll be doing more work to complete this possible part time gig if I get it within right. the allotted time hours. So yeah. I work more the weekends, and then the weekdays can be a little bit more. They're more flowy. flexible. They're a little yeah. More flexible. So yeah. it's like you know. I think it was last week because I had just come off of doing a feature. Mm-hmm. You know, Monday and Tuesday, I didn't do a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I shaved my dog, gave him a bath. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. some chores. Yeah. But in the world of work, not so I much. barely touched yeah. anything. Yeah. Then, no. Yeah. And then I think. But it was great because yeah. I knew I, you know, that's fine. Yeah. If I want to spend a couple hours doing that on Saturday, I can. Yeah. yeah. And I great. think also one of the beautiful yet scary at first things of being freelancer is the concept of change. We are always very afraid of change of things happening, but it's essential for our growth. Uh-huh. So I think with it happening in our work and yes. having it consistently thrown in our face, we get more used to it and we're more adapted to it. So yeah. that way we're more prepared for what's to come. Yeah. So I, even though I sometimes have like freaked out, like I don't know where my next paycheck is coming in. I knew if I was in a cubicle for nine to five for most of my life, I would have cabin fever. I would have panic attacks. I wouldn't know what to do oh, with yeah. myself. So I'm actually very grateful that I have probably chosen hard yet more fulfilling yes. career path for me because yeah. I get to explore more of what I love and yeah. test different waters and figure out what sticks for me mm-hmm. personally. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, that's just, that's just, that's the takeaway that I have for Yeah, the change. I think I can agree with pretty much all of that. Yeah. <laughs> it may change in five years. Yeah, and happens, that's okay. So, but, yeah. I think that's healthy, you mm-hmm. know? It might change. That's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any advice or tips for those that might want to try kind of a more freelance non non to five performance lifestyle but either might be scared or don't know where to start or i know you're probably more experienced in the aerial realm because that is your expertise but Um, i'm just intrigued of what your thought process is regarding that i I feel like that's a very loaded question (laughs) that i could take a long time (laughs) answering and then going back on my answer and changing my answer and i might not even be answering it fully correctly right now, but I'll just kind of say what helped me when I started to to pursue this thing. And that was, it sounds so cliche, but I really just kept true to the type of performer that I 
wanted to be. And I molded that. And for specific events, obviously it changes a little bit based on what they want, but I've stayed very true to, I wanted to be a character performer who is leading from a place of truth rather than a place of dance because I just am not a dancer I'm not trained like you said I'm not trained for 15 years in dance (laughs) so that I I will never be that performer yeah but I'll be the other performer that speaks to different people from a real and honest place and that didn't help me much at the beginning because that's not what people wanted at the time but as I kept growing and building I found the people who did want that type of performer and that's what helped me become who I am now and do what I do. So the advice for people who are pursuing some sort of career in performance is yes, you have to mold and adapt for what the client wants. But if you stay true to the type of performer you want to be and who you are, you eventually will be more successful because it's unique Mm -hmm. and not what everyone else is doing. And then the little beautiful added bonus that comes from that is you stop comparing yourself to other people because you realize you're just completely different and there's no way to compare. So mm-hmm. I don't look at another an aerialist and go, oh my God, she's so much better than me. How can she do that? How can she do 20 <laughs> pull-ups and I can only do this many? Like, what's not, oh, I can't, I'm never going to be that But can she good. bartend from the exactly. air with exactly. a fondue pot? Right, or... Can she decide to be just ugly and do a whole routine that's just a disaster and a mess, but on purpose? Yes. Um, And so that to me was extremely freeing. And so if I could give everybody who wants to be a performer as a career that little gift of just going, screw it. I'm just going to be who I am and be different. And maybe your different looks a lot like other people. That's fine too. You don't mm-hmm. have to be different just to be different, mm-hmm. but just being true to that. There's yeah. no rhythm or rhyme to it. Exactly. So, right. There's no there's no set specific way to do this. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. You just have to keep doing it. Exactly. And when it feels wrong, stop or change something. I, I think that's it. a big thing too. <laughs> yeah. No, agreed. Because that's yeah. what you did when you pursued acting and you yeah. realized, oh no, this isn't for me. Yeah. Ariel is yeah look at where you are now yeah (laughs) and all and you know to wrap that back around real fast all of those things all that anxiety and icky feelings that I was feeling while trying to pursue acting I have none of that none of it in what I do now Mm -hmm. and it is hilarious to me because I I know the reasons I needed to pursue that now Mm -hmm. just you know to become the character-driven um, aerialist that I am but it makes me laugh to think that that's like what I thought <laughs> I should do I just can't imagine I watch movies and I'm like oh you're such a good actress I cannot do that it's just like not you know that type of acting is just not in me and mm-hmm. so it's pretty yeah. funny no that's awesome Oh my gosh. Well, Lisa, thank you so much thank for all that information. It's great. All right. So one more round before we all leave and yep. it is hashtag hunt. So we've taken hashtag performance and found it in the Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media we can find. Well, technically Amy did and I can tell her her smile. <laughs> that it's good. She's, it's, it's good or it's interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Like I said, I had to kind of play with the hashtag. Yeah. Because, like, I first typed in hashtag performance. And yes. the first thing I got My name. Was... Lisa Marie Burnside. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> the first thing I got was about a car that has yes, great performance. performance. Yes. And then I was like, oh, shit. That's right. This means a lot of things. And I yeah. said, ugh. 
I'm going to have to weed through not only cars, but I'm going to end up weeding through everybody's tweets about going to a performance. Right. So then I knew that we were really focused on how do you make a living out of being a performer? Mm -hmm. So I tried performance for a living nothing yeah (laughs) but i was able to find some stuff under performer for a living and there are a few other hashtags in here that i will list with the fines Mm -hmm. so you'll know how i found them (laughs) the answer is always yes hashtag theater hashtag performing for a living Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Always say yes. Yes. Unless you ask, the answer is always no. So you always That's say true. yes. <laughs> so my job is to look like this. Hashtag dream job. Hashtag performing for a living. And she's dressed. I would say it's like for a princess party, but her, her crown <laughs> is so big. It looks like a beauty crown. Pageants. So somewhere so in that good. realm, one or the other. Or maybe so she's good. going to a but yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I don't know it's why it's fun. Me of that. You know, that it's her job to be able to dress up in pretty dresses and, and put on makeup <laughs> and wear a crown. Like, yes. Yes. That is amazing. <laughs> the next Disney princess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Tonys were awesome. I hope I can perform on that stage one day. Hashtag dream big, hashtag Broadway, hashtag performing for a living. Oh, yes. Oh, that would, oh my God. <laughs> Getting that excited. chance to go to the Tonys and be like, I want to be there. I want to be there. there. Mm-hmm. I want to be on that stage. Ugh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm a work in progress, but at least I'm working. Hashtag living my dream one song at a time. Hashtag performing for a living. Oh, that's beautiful. Cute. I love that. I'm tired, but it doesn't matter. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag loving life. Hashtag performing for a living. Hashtag actor's life. Yeah, that's good. I remember when we did Faith, uh, we'd had some very long days. And at the end, I was very, very tired. But I'm just like, I'm so happy we filmed that. I'm so happy that we got all that on camera and just got everything done. Yeah, Especially on set. We were there for about like eight-ish hours or so and like an extra hour as well. Or was it 12? When we did uh, a lot of the scenes inside at the uh, that Burbank film studio. Oh, we were there for 13 hours. 13 hours, never mind. See? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we were there for 13 hours. Yeah, we, and we were oh. staying an extra hour later than we were supposed to. But. Correct. Getting ready for our jazz gig at the U-Bud Bali Rice Field. Hashtag jazz, hashtag perform for life, performing for a living. <laughs> Indonesian jazz. Yes. Oh, wow. The fact that they're playing in rice fields. So like, good. What? So good. <laughs> I love, love it. That. In Indonesia. Yes. <laughs> Musicals, because who doesn't want a world where everything breaks out into song and dance? True. So true. Yes. Bells and doves and things mysterious. Hashtag magicians, hashtag entertainer, performer. Yes! (laughs) Lisa's stealing it. Lisa's pumped. That is a good one. That's very good. All right. So at Yuriko Miyaki, she said, such an honor to collaborate with Shihori. More info to come. Stay tuned, everyone. Hashtag storyteller, hashtag dancer, hashtag performer, Japanese actress, artist, New York, performance, inspiration, expression, emotion, actor's life. And it was linked to another uh, tweet um, involving mm-hmm. her meetup with Shiori. says, has an enthusiastic cafe meeting with an amazing, talented and spiritual artist, mm. actress, singer, dancer, choreographer Yuriko Miyaki. Yuriko yeah, Miyake. I offered her collaboration finally. And then it had a, <laughs> it has a little emoji of a chick and three fire flames. Like, yes. chicks are on fire! <laughs> and it says, oh, I can't wait. So exciting. Oh, we can't wait either! <laughs> we can't wait. Lisa 
she's like the ultimate hype woman here. She's like, we can't wait. Let's do this. Woo! But what I love about all these like performance hashtags is that they're so magical and beautiful and inspiring. Does a lawyer's hashtag say anything about living my best life ever? <laughs> magical day. I mean, I have like, a friend who is posting pretty regularly on his Facebook and Instagram how excited he is to be working in real estate. Well, that's and I'm like, He's happy. I'm like, you are excited about some boring ass shit, yeah. yo. Well, good. I hope that it's not just us performers who are living this magical life. Exactly. I want it to be everybody. <laughs> Michelle and I backstage at Naughty Gras. Hashtag makeup artist, hashtag performer, hashtag burlesque at Koken Art Factory. Mm. On my way to Dublin Castle Camden to get ready for Flesh Tetris EP launch. Doors at 8 p.m. Can't wait. Hashtag musician, performer, bus wanker. Flesh Tetris? (laughs) Flesh Tetris. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) That's the name of their EP. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought that I, I was thinking some Edward Tandy cannibalistic stuff. No. <laughs> the name of their EP that is launching that night got is it. Flesh Tetris. Oh, okay. I got distracted so by sense. Flesh and I just immediately thought of uh, Edward Tandy. Put from you back basement. to the basement. Yeah, puts me back <laughs> in the basement trying to escape. Get me out of here. Today is the day to start your new song. Sing it. Hashtag artist, performer, sing, song, singer, solo, star, songwriter, Saturday, motivation, mood. Yes. <laughs> so good. Life without entertainment would be dull. Keep entertainers busy. Book one today. Oh, yes. Uh, nice. Nice little promo for that. And then the last one I'm going to read was a post by a friend of mine who is a performer. This is a post by my friend Lori Amat. And she said, as you know, we're gearing up for this once or twice in a lifetime experience of creating and performing my very first residence album as a live show at the New York MoMA. Yikes. I've hoped for this for years. Now it's truly happening. It's a double shot as in it's my first full length performance since Freak Show and first truly with the band, The Residence. And it's going to be performed at MoMA. Yikes. So the uh, performance she was talking about is called The Residence God in Three Persons Live, a live video theater project by legendary group The Residence and media artist John Sanborn. And this was a post as they were nearing the end of their Kickstarter campaign. They raised over $50,000 to put on this show. Wow. At the MoMA. That's great. Wow. So congratulations, Congrats. Lori. You're yeah. going to have to show me photos awesome. from the Woo. event. And so that was it for Hashtag Hunk. Awesome. Woo. Now, Hashtag Challenges. Yes. Uh, Lisa Marie, each episode, we have our guests give us a challenge to do, either related to the hashtag of the episode or what we've talked about or whatever they choose. It could be for both of us or one for individual. each individual person. So, Lisa, do you have an idea of what you would like to give us in terms of a challenge to do? I would like to do a challenge for both of you that's kind of along the lines of us all not having the 9 to 5 job and kind of creating our own schedules. And you guys can maybe choose for for each other or choose on your own, but I want you to I want to challenge you to switch something up one day into an order that you wouldn't normally do. So oh. like you take your break instead of at 3, try taking your break earlier and see see what happens Ooh. and then for you if you normally go to boxing in the morning maybe go to the, the afternoon boxing ah. you can choose you can choose what your own is going to be but change one thing that you normally don't do at that time and do it at that time i like that i like that yeah i like that and a i'm lot. gonna do it too <laughs> yes yeah i think it i think we could all yeah we can all 
definitely. either be really frustrated that day or have mm-hmm. a great day. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, because I do the boxing normally during the weekdays. I don't go to the weekends. That will be when I do like my aerials. So like switch, switch it up. Around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna call you at 3 p.m. one day. And I'm ho- you better not be sleeping. <laughs> yes, yes. Call her out on uh, that. No, no, no. I easily move that nap around. Uh, <laughs> I often take that nap at one o'clock right. or even okay. 11 a.m. Okay. So I think what we'll switch around in my life is um, I usually play piano at the end of my work day yeah. mm-hmm. or right after dinner. Yeah. I think maybe let's start a day <gasps> yes. that starts with an hour of piano. I yes. love both of these. I love that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I do boxing in the morning, maybe do it more in the week, the afternoon because I used to do boxing in the afternoon before I switched to the morning schedule. So yeah. maybe switch that around. And, and um, see, is morning still what's best for you? Mm-hmm. Or um, does afternoon shake up your yeah. day? Because you know how you get cabin fever if you go in the <laughs> afternoon does that stop you from getting fast food can you not bring that up for one episode please? <laughs> uh no <laughs> we already talked about how i'm gonna lord everything over you forever oh gosh and it's okay. mostly just because it annoys you yeah that's yeah. really the drive to do it yes it annoys me and it brings you joy <laughs> it does. Are you happy? It does. poke the bear poke the bear get away from my personal bubble thank you very much what bubble Ah! This is when you need those separate offices. Exactly. <laughs> you and sure you like this open floor plan? Yeah. <laughs> See, it doesn't work for everybody. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, we'll be able to take those challenges into account. Lisa, for those that are listening at home, where can they find you? Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Sure. You can go to my website, elevationarialdance.com or lisamarieburnside.com will get you to the same place. And on Instagram, littleburnside, L-I-T-T-L-E-B-U-R-N-S-I-D-E. And I'm always posting shows and all of that stuff on there so you can find everything there. Yes, definitely, because we got to go to your next show real soon. Yep. And yes. you can find us at Life Goals Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, mm-hmm. and at Gmail and LifeGoalsPod.com. Yes. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Once again, I'm Chelsea Wingo. And I'm Amy Covell. And this has been Hashtag, Hashtag Life Goals. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye.